Reds. It's your boy, Joe Razor, once again, joined by Aaron Kinney, Nate McBride. Guys, we're ready to talk some hockey. It's week three. Before we get there, one, I want to know how each of you are doing. And two, I got to know what each of you are drinking. Aaron, let's start with you. Well, I am chilling, as they say, with a Coors Light right now, uh, rocking the company slogan there. A little bit of a long day at work, so need to uh, kick back a little bit here, I'd say. Need some blue mountains. Need some blue mm-hmm. mountains up in that state. Oh, the mountains are certainly blue right now. Let me sponsor tell you. us, Coors Light. Let's yeah, there's an organic half ad read there for you. My audition. Nate, what are we drinking, buddy? How you doing? Yeah. Uh, first of all, you never cared how I was doing. You never did. No, I'm doing great, man. Uh, fucking living life. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like you got some pent-up aggression there, Nate. You need to get anything off your chest? I got a lot of things. I got a lot of grievances to air. I got a lot of, I got a lot of problems with you people. Give me some give me some Costanza. Uh, tonight, yeah. I'm going to be drinking a little uh, autumn ale from Breckenridge Brewing. Ooh, the nice. drink of the season. Look at this guy. Oh, yeah. So topical. So I am. I am. This is like, you know, like, you know, girls be drinking them pumpkin spice lattes. This is mine. Like, am, like, give me those autumn ales. Yeah. Hey, that's fair. Stop for a pack before going to work, just like they do at the Starbucks. Yeah, dude. I, like, I just walk up into the, the beer shop with my Uggs and... The yeah. beer shop? Yeah. The bodega? <laughs> the bodega, whatever. Wherever I buy beer. I buy beer all over. It doesn't matter. I don't, I don't discriminate where I buy my beer. I buy my beer anywhere. That's fair. I got a Sycamore Southern Girl Blonde Ale yet again because I can't get enough of those blonde ales. Pause. (laughs) (laughs) All right, boys. We got a lot going on in the hockey world this week, and we obviously have a bunch of notes written down. And you know what? I think, Aaron, I know know that you want to start us off in this magnificent year of the beer. You want to roast us, don't you? So go ahead. You motherfuckers told me the New Jersey Devils had – problems with their captain and their coach and i i harped on it a lot last week i threw some numbers in everybody's face but i just want to let everybody know they are currently leading the metro they are third in the league you guys can suck my fucking dick because the new jersey devils are here to stay and they are looking electric are you saying that we're we have a resurgence now of the like late 90s early 2000s devils is that what we're gonna have now not a chance dude those were some put you to sleep. What's that, Phil? I don't see Scott Stevens walking through that door. No, no. This, <laughs> we're, not, we're not doing the clutch and grab. We're not clogging up the neutral zone with a trap. We're not dealing with Lou Lamorello's bullshit. We are a high-flying, Jesper Bratt scoring from everywhere kind of team right now. The New Jersey Devils are lighting it up. They are fun to watch. None of that 90s Marty Brodeur getting padded by a, uh elite defense kind of crap. We got Mackenzie Blackwood out here doing some good goaltending. We got a lot of people scoring a lot of goals. We got Dougie Hamilton looking like his old self on the blue line. Dude. It's an exciting team to watch. This is not your 90s Devils, let me tell you. This is not your father's Devils, let me tell you. No, sir. I mean, good for them. We're also, you know, 10 games in. They're, uh, they're only ahead of the, of the rags on, you know, because they have one more win. They're equal on points. So, 
Listen, this I get is it. Jerk reaction podcast, and I'm taking every W I can get before it all falls apart for me late in the season. Okay, boys. Is it really a beerly podcast if you don't throw out insane shit? No, no, it's really not. No, we're th- we're throwing it all out. It's ex- exactly what beerly is, man. Speaking of which, you know, congrats. You know, by the way, hilarious that in the notes you said to you non-believers, talk referring to the devils. I think the devils are the definition of non-believers. In fact, in fact, that's, yeah. a, that's a nice little point there, Phil. I, I didn't pick up on that, but the devils! I'm going to pretend the I did. Now. The devils. So many Seinfeld references in the first five. Right. Days, ah, El Diablo. Dios mio. He, he shows up with the painted face. <laughs> We're the devil. Just like, We're the like, what are you doing? <laughs> the pain. You're a face painter. Always oh, a face so, painter. You don't want to be a face painter. Quick, oh quick, one God. more thing on the Devils here in their team history. Do you, do you think they name their team the Devils because they play in hell, a.k.a. New Jersey, or do you think it's just a coincidence? I think there's. I think it's a microcosm of a lot of things, and New York, New Jersey area being the pretty much the epicenter of the world when it comes to a lot of things. Um, I think people would argue that's hell. You know? Yeah. I think that, it's more. I think it's more of a uh, innuendo to the um, people that support that team and the state in which it resides. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. Like hell, New Jersey. It's it, they're yeah. basically interchangeable. Yeah. America's pit. <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> damn straight. Can't even pump your own damn gas over there. There you go. All right, boys. So next up, we have not discussed you know the state of Florida too much. We go from America's armpit to America's cock. We got to go down to Florida. And I'll do a little Panthers talk, and then we'll do some lightning talk. You know, we have a bunch of stats here. And, you know, for the Panthers, right? And, you know, Aaron, I'll let you do the comparison when it comes to the advanced stats. But, I, first of all, I want to say that Matthew Kachuk is lighting the fucking lamp down there. He has five goals, eight apples, 13 points, and 10 games played. So, clearly, last season was not a fluke for him. You know, the 40, 40 tucks, whatever. No. Matthew Kachuk, for being – He's evolved. He's grown him a little bit too. He's evolved. I, I was definitely team Matthew Kachuk, dirty fucking rat. Now I'm like, he's still a rat, but goddamn, this guy can play. So, yeah, I, I think by the time Brad Marchand is out of the league, he's going to be the next guy that like you fucking hate him if you're any other team, but goddamn, do you love him if he plays for you? Yeah, he he does a little bit of everything. He gets under people's skin, and he is tearing it up right now. Five goals, eight apples, 13 points, 10 games. Uh, he's living up yeah. to that big contract they signed him to. I agree. And the other guy that I'm really high on uh, down there is Brandon Montour. Brandon Montour has been tearing it up. I saw him. He's, you know, defenseman. He's filling in for the guys they lost, the Uyghurs. Ekblad's out for pretty much the entire year. And Montour is filled into that role. I saw him have the overtime game winner. Like last week, I think, but he's filled in very well. But Nate, we're looking at the same thing over and over again with these Panthers, man. And that's the tendies. Yeah, dude. I mean, fuck, you're paying Bob way too much money. Let's just start off with that. Like he he thought he was worth it. You went out and paid him. And you know what? You're gonna have to you're gonna have to take an L on that one. Cause this guy right now. 899 save percentage, 2.53 goals allowed, and a minus 0.6 GSAA. Wow. Wow. Well, neither him nor Spencer Knight have yeah, above. Yeah, Spencer Knight. That's, that's Spencer Knight. That's been Bob's even worse, bro. 
Oh, Julio yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah I, yeah, I misread that. My bad. Uh, Bob is an 897 save percentage with a 3.06 GAA and a negative 1.4 GSAA. Sorry. Yeah, Spencer Knights was the 899 save percentage, 2.53 and negative 6 GSAA. Both, both bad. They're both sub-9. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Which, extremely suboptimal. I mean, sub, we, we've seen sub- save percentages kind of decline across the board uh, these past couple seasons as, you know, the, the offense kind of takes over the league. But this is fucking bad, boys. Well, it's you know, it's one thing when your save percentage is sub-9s when you're 82 games through, when you're through 82 games. That's one thing. But when you're sitting here through like 13 games and you're in the 80s, that's bad, man. Yeah, I mean, sam- sample size, you get a couple stinkers and it can really tank that that save percentage. But, I mean, it's it's been bad kind of across the board. It's not like there's like a few really good games and then one game where it's a 500 save percentage tanking the average. I mean, it's... He's regularly sub nine, both. Well, and then, and then neither one, neither one is below two and a half, you know, goals allowed. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of, it's interesting too, when you, when you watch this Panthers team play, because it kind of reminds you of, of, you know, last season where they'd get down three, three, nothing, four, one, and they'd come back and win, but you're like, man, that goaltending is such an issue. Well, and and it's not, it's not. Quite just the goaltending either, because last year they were able to salvage quite a bit on their power play. Their power play this year, woof, boys. They're fucking 30th in the league when they're rolling out Barkov, Verhage, Kachuk. I mean, they have good players, and why they're only scoring on 9.1% of their power play opportunities, I have no clue. It, I mean, we saw this as a little bit of an issue in the playoffs last year. They get a fresh start, they get some new personnel. Power play is even worse now than it was in the playoffs last year. I, I don't know what's going on there with the man advantage, but it's not looking good for the Panthers. And that, that was something they really leaned on to help make up for their poorest defense last year. And it's not working out for them this year at all. I mean, yeah. special teams as a whole is just a, a struggle for them right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nate, what's their, what's their kill at? I mean, their kill right now is at 71.8%, which puts them, you know, pretty much – 30th and or uh, 27th in the league. Yeah. yeah. Not, not very good. I mean, no, you're, you're bottom five in both stats. That's not a recipe for winning games. Somehow they're still above 500. I mean, they're, they're five on five is still looking pretty good, but these special teams they are going to have to figure that out if they want to make the playoffs right now. They're outside of the playoffs. I mean, it, as we said, it's still really early, but uh, I mean, the Metro is looking deep right now. I, I, we all predicted the Metro to get two teams in, or I mean, uh, five teams and both wild cards, two teams early on, and that's what it's looking like right now. I mean, they're the Atlantic does not look that great so far, if we're being completely honest. Outside of Boston, no, it doesn't. I was, it's funny you mentioned that, Eric, because I was going to hop down too. Lumber State in Florida. Let's go to Tampa, shall we? Um, man, you're going to talk about teams that have been underperforming this year. Uh, they're in third because they've bounced back, but, you know, they're six and four, right? I mean, they haven't really looked like themselves yet. And to be entirely honest, one of the big things in Lightning for me, yeah, Kucherov's played great, for, you know, four, four Genos, 11 apples, you know, 15 points in 10 games, you know, point and a half per game. Stammer has 11 points so far. Brandon Point has 10 points in 10 games. They're getting it from the top part, right? 
Those um, big three have carried that team in the past, yeah. but I mean, it, that's just one line, basically. Yep, you can't depend exactly. on those three guys for everything. And Aaron, I know you have some advanced stats. You want to hop into those with the Panthers and the uh, and the Lightning there? A little comparison. So, uh, okay, we got the Panthers and the Lightning both kind of underperforming what everyone expected them to be. Uh, Panthers expected goals for they're 11th in the league, 21.2 expected goals against actually a lot better than they were last year. Uh, th- this number kind of surprised me considering how bad it, well, really this is kind of a reflection of the goaltending because their expected goals against is fourth in the league. They're at 15 and a half expected goals against, and the save percentages on these goalies is just kind of tanking the team right now because they're actually playing some good team defense as far as the skaters are concerned. Tampa, on the other hand, their goals or expected goals against, they're 20th in the league right now. This is a team that has kind of, ever since that year they won their first cup, they kind of figured it out on defense, how to play a grittier game, how to make it harder for teams to get through, how to keep everyone to the outside in their defensive zone. But right now, they are 20th in the league with 20 expected goals against. And I think a big part of that is the loss of Ryan McDonough. I mean, he he played that shutdown role. He really, really made it tough for teams to get to the inside when they were attacking. Um, their expected goals for 21.7. Uh, nothing crazy. I mean, they're top third in the league, barely. But really not any kind of spectacular numbers from these teams that really were analytics darlings last year. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's very bizarre. Two teams that, you know, they met obviously in playoffs. If they hadn't met easily could have met in the, you know, in the Eastern conference final. Um, looking at Tampa too, one of the other things, and you brought up, you know, Sergeyev stepping in for McDonough. Yeah. Good team defense. Vassy. I love, I love the way that, uh, it's phrased here in the notes, but also I agree a hundred percent. Vazzy doesn't look like himself and maybe it's finally catching up on him more than it is on, you know, maybe the rest of the team. But when I look at Vazzy over the last three years, speaking of looking tired, right? You look at Vazzy over the last three years and including playoffs, I'll do both back and forth. If this page wants to load, there we go. So, they won their first cup in 2021, right? There was a little bit of a break in there. He only, you know, he played 42 games out of like their 70. But then he started every playoff game. Uh, 20, sorry, 1920. That was, sorry, the year they got cut off. 52 of their 70. Then 2021, it was a 56-game season, and he played 42. Last year out of 82, he play, he started 63. He hasn't come off the bench to relieve someone since 2017-18. So when he gets a night off, he really does get a night off. This year, he's played seven of their ten. So Vasilevsky, and that you know that's not even including every single playoff start he has, which you go down there and you're like, Jesus Christ, uh, 25, 23, and 23 in the last three seasons. So granted, there was a break in between the bubble and the season ending with COVID, but still... That's almost an entire – that's still almost an entire season's worth of games, of extra games that he's had to play over the last three years. He's gone he, – yeah, he's gone and played – yeah, 68 games, 71 games, whatever it is. 
Yeah. My mental well, is like, not and, right and, and you got to think, too, that doesn't give him much of an offseason either. I mean, he's been to the <laughs> cup final three years in a row. He's playing longer than any other team is. And, I, I mean, you get like a month, two months to go kind of chill out before you're training again, getting ready for the season. I mean, his body's just got to be screaming for some fucking rest, I would think. And it, Tampa really didn't do him any favors in the offseason either with a backup. I mean, they're still trotting Brian Elliott out there, which he, he was a serviceable backup for a while, but he's getting up there in age. You, you can't really count on him for much. I mean, I, I look for Tampa to maybe make a move if this continues the way that it has. I, I could see them looking at getting a reliable backup to kind of spell him and save him for playoffs. Yeah, like waste a sixth-round pick on a backup that can take take – Miles off his legs, February, March, early April. Yeah, because this guy's under contract for a long term, too. I mean, yeah. if you're just grinding him out here, I get it. This is your Stanley Cup window. You're trying to squeeze every ounce of championship opportunity that you can out of this. But you can't be having your rock-solid workhorse goalie start that many games in a season when he's clearly kind of fighting it a little bit right now. Sure. Nate, do you still think Andre Vasilevsky is the best goaltender goal in the NHL? No. Okay. Who, who are you going with simple. now? Just plain and simple. No, he's, st- he's not still the best in the NHL. Um, wow, you're just going to throw me on the spot like that? Uh, well, you said I no, mean, bud. you got to have mean, somebody else in mind. Yeah, yeah dude, if you're going to say, right? say no. Well, I'll uh, – let's see here. Now – that I'm, Are thinking we going, about. I'm not saying hottest right now. I just meant best. Yeah, I'm trying hottest to think. Hottest right now is a different Ga- question. Game seven of a Stanley Cup final. Who are you taking? <sighs> Shit. Man, honestly. <sighs> I think right now in a game seven, Stanley Cup's on the line. Man, I still might. I might have to throw in Vasilevsky still. That's what I'm saying. I. It's still, I still think, I, I mean, a small sample size at the beginning of a season where he's been run out there for you know more games than any other goalie in the league for the past three years. I'm still taking him. I'm. I'm not letting a little bit of a low save percentage in a few games take me off of that. But I think Shesterkin's hot on his heels. Shesterkin hasn't had the yeah, best I, season either. But. And that's the thing. When I'm thrown on the spot like that, I, I was like sitting there. I'm like, okay, I'm trying to think of fucking well, names. Well, I thought if you were going to say no, you'd have a name. <laughs> you know? Oh, sorry. I I, I, wasn't, I didn't think it all the way through. That's my bad. That's uh, that's that's just classic Nate, though. You know, he just he just blurs well, we, something out. We have know we can depend on you for some hot takes. Even we're if going for takes, time. man. You know? There you go. There's your take. Fucking no, he's not. Okay, but with you no, want, with, with no, uh, no, you want your argument? You want your argument? I'm going to refer you to the D's department. Oh God! How about how about you bring an argument next week? How about that? I can do that. No problem. Do, do some research. Yeah, let's Fuck. let's do that. Let's do that. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I still think it's Vazzy. I will say though, my hot take: Vazzy's this is age 28 season. I think he's done in the NHL. Like he is tired of the NHL by 33. Oh, I, I think we. I think sure. this is like season. He has like, including this season. This is season one. He has like six left total, and then he's gonna go fuck this because he's he's gonna eventually become the backup or get traded when they go for a rebuild or whatever. And he's gonna go. No, I'm gonna go back to Russia. So I, I think he'll. Play. 
I think if he if he gets traded to a contender when they rebuild, I mean, I, I could see him still having a nice little run. Yeah, it, maybe, maybe. It all depends but, on how he takes care of himself, though. I mean, I, I don't really know much about this guy as far as, like, his offseason stuff, whether he lights it up after games on the road or anything. But, I mean, today's NHL players are so health-conscious and so focused on their bodies just being machines. There's, there's so much money involved in it now. Yeah, There's so I, much money involved with every contract that, like, why would you not? Back in the day, it's like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. These guys are taking care of themselves so much better than players of the past have. So, I I mean, I could see him playing for a while. I think a big thing is injuries. I mean, he has not been injury-prone like a lot of other goaltenders that we've seen. So, if he stays healthy, I mean, I could see him playing into his mid-30s. All right, all right, here we go. Here's a, here's a, here we go. To back up my argument real quick of who I think could be possibly the, a better goaltender right now than... Um, What's his nuts? Help me out, guys. Andre Vasilevsky. Thank you. The guy we just talked about for 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry. Jesus Christ. I'm gonna I'm in a state of mind right now. But uh, but here you go. You ready for it? You ready for it? Kata hot. Oh my god. Kata hot. Kata hot. Right now has the third highest save percentage in the NHL at 9.43. He also has the seventh highest goals allowed. At two point one, at least you came. At least you came with a stat. I'm proud he, of you. I, if he does it for the whole season and continues to look very good, I could see him being in the conversation. I, oh, I got to see him oh. do it for another full season, though. Nobody's going to break out the year. He struggled the last couple years. I, I want to see him put it together for 82 Hang games. On. Before Hang I'm on. Put can him I, in can I also can I also interest you in this stat? Katahat has the number one GSAA right now at 10. Okay. I okay. mean, no, I, you came with numbers. I can respect it. it he's uh, having a hell of a start to the year. I'll, I'll give yeah. you that, Nate. He's, his he's his goals awesome. allowed his his adjust, his goals allowed adjusted is also at 60, being third. Yeah, I, 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 I'm picking up what you're putting down. Carter Hart's having a hell of a year. I just got to see him do it for a longer period of time, because he he had that monster rookie year and then he fell off after that. So I got to see him sustain it for a little while before I put him in the conversation there. I think right now, right now we got Vassy, we got Shesterkin, Jake Ottinger has continued okay, his so- play. He's hurt right now, but I mean he's. He's looking awesome this year. I think Eric, those are the three guys that we're looking at as really game-changing goaltenders at the moment. Aaron, you're segueing me into my next topic, which I was about to I was about to say. Guys, we're going to lead into the Dallas Stars. We can talk about one guy that's definitely put his name in, in there recently, Jake Ottinger. And yes, he's you know he's hurt, but the Stars are in first place in the Central. Uh, the Central is not going the way that we all thought it was going to be going. Yeah, the entire list. Um. You look from it top to bottom, and I mean, okay, the stars are in first. You know, okay, I, I think people can, you know, look at that and go, yeah, okay. That's reason, Jets- it, it, it stands. It stands to reason, like you know, not not completely insane. No, but the Jets are in second, which is banana lands. We Kinda were wild. shitting on. We were shitting on the Wild to start the year. They're in third. Blackhawks in fourth. Avs in fifth. Yotes in sixth. 
Preds in seventh, and then the Blues have at least one, if not two, games in hand on everyone else. So, okay. But right now, guys, I mean, you're looking at Stars, Jets, Wild up top, and then the Blackhawks are right there. You know, Nate, we'll go to you. What the hell is going on in the Central Division right now, man, in general? And then why are the Dallas Stars atop it? Um, first of all, it's, just, it's, it's pandemonium. That's what it is. It's absolute pandemonium and anarchy. Welcome to like 1960s Britain over here in the fucking Central Division because my God, it is insane. It makes no sense how this how this division is shaping out. What Dallas or uh, St. Louis has lost five straight, five straight. They're sitting. They also have a negative eleven goal differential right now. Mm-hmm. Things are not looking Jordan Bennington's way. Obviously. Um, no. Oh, dude, he got so mad last week. He, he, like, not punched, but, like, forcefully shoved Evander Kane in the face. And Kaner just skated off. But I was like, ooh, he is big mad. on him. Big on him, too. Yeah. That's, well, uh, Phil, Phil and I talked about this for a second in the group chat there. Uh, Evander Kane cannot afford another fucking fine from the NHL right now. He's trying to scrape together every last dime from this contract. He's trying not to get kneecapped for his gambling debts. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, honestly. He's got these bankruptcy issues going on. He's he's like, fuck that. You know, I do want to beat your ass, Jordan Bennington, and I can, but I'm going to skate away here because I need. I got alimony money to pay. I got child support to pay. I got hey, gambling hey, debts you guys to pay. Know that. You guys know that. Uh, you guys know those new Jimmy John's commercials with, uh, what's his name, the deep voice guy? Like I just imagine a guy like that waiting around. Like, where's my Evander Kane? Evander's Canes? Where's my Evander's Canes? Where's my money? Come on, let's fucking go. Um, but no, and then we all. I think we all had Nashville coming. You know, doing pretty well in this division too. And yeah. them sitting in seventh. That's wild. Dallas, though. Let's talk about Dallas. Okay, why is Dallas doing so well? Well. I think you got to give a lot to Peter DeBoer being there in Dallas and the system that he's put in place. Um, you're you're seeing guys like Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn finally come alive. I think we said this in the last episode, too. We're seeing guys like Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan finally come alive, finally start producing for this team, and that's what they've needed. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're both resurgent right now. Um, Tyler Sagan, he's sitting pretty with eight points in 10 games. Yeah, uh, another thing that I mean, Jake Ottinger, we talked about him a second ago, 952 save percentage, unreal. Uh, another thing that's really interested me here, too, Miro Haskinen was out for a couple games and they just kept chugging along. I mean, that's their yeah. rock on defense, and they filled in by committee and they were able to grind out some W's there without the anchor of that blue line, which really says a lot about this group and how they can kind of step up and uh, make up for him by committee. I, I mean, uh, this team, I didn't think they'd be this good. I, I thought they'd be decent. I like Pete DeBoer as a coach. I like the personnel they have there. But I I am kind of blown away at the success that they've had early in this season. I think yeah. I think you like honestly, man. I think it'll be. I think Dallas will be one of those teams that'll make that'll be making moves when it comes to the trade deadline. I think they're going to be one of those teams that'll be making moves um, because and and really, it's just going to be a cup. It'll be like 
maybe a, an extra winger, maybe a new, maybe a new shiny defenseman that you get because they could probably use a little help on that back end. Sure, it's a little but early to be speculating who's going to be up for trades, but we can definitely. I'm not gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna speculate. I'm not gonna give you any yeah. names. That's I'm not. Oh yeah, gonna, no, no. I was just uh, saying, like down the line, we'll definitely get into names, contracts, oh, yeah. and names, and all that. Oh, there's something Guys. I will. I, there's something I will allude to later, but that's just a you know precursor to what's to come. Guys, we we spent almost thirty minutes talking, you know, nitty gritty, but we gotta we gotta make some jokes. And the biggest joke in the league right now is the, the locker rooms at Mullet Arena for the Yotes play. First of all, God. Cheer, cheers to the Yotes for putting mullets on every seat. Okay, lean into it. Have They're doing a good job of spinning this thing as a positive. I, I got to give it yeah. to their marketing department. But but that's a shit. fuck. That looks like Firefest, bro. You guys see that documentary? The, the hurricane oh, yeah. shelter tents oh, they have for those God. people? They got a curtain hung up by PVC pipe around pipe, the fucking visitor great, locker room for an NHL team. You got there's gonna be there's gonna be a priestess wandering the desert that's just in there as like the locker room attendant, like all high on peyote, looking to help them out. Dude, you got people selling fucking snow cones three feet from where an NHL team is getting changed. I mean, it and part of this too. It, The NCAA has such dicked up rules about having to have separate facilities from any pro team because there there are decent visitors' locker rooms in that arena. There are real locker rooms, but they can't fucking use them because the NCAA, which always shoots itself in the foot over stuff like this, will not allow a shared space. It's it's ludicrous. Shane Tone's son is playing – in a you know gets dressed in a better locker room and plays in the same ice than Shane Doan's team, dude. So. It's honest to God, yeah. dude. Like they look like like that. Like their home locker room looks like some junior B whale shit fucking team league up in fucking Letterkenny. Like is this the fucking Shamrocks? Come on, dude. Like yeah. this it's is worse than that, man. The on, teams on, have yes. balls. The locker rooms in Letterkenny actually look nicer. Than what I've seen, what I saw in the pictures from the Arizona Coyotes. This is whale shit. Boys. I mean, it someone could just walk through the curtain. It's yes. it's not a wall, it's a curtain. Yeah. It's like some Marie Antoinette shit. Like where where you have a little foldable <laughs> thing in your room cake. to change behind. Let them eat cake. No, let them get dressed in front of the entire arena. Yeah. Um, guys, while we're on the topic of bashing and drama, Revo, you know, and Spit and Chicklets, shout out to Spit and Chicklets. Ryan Reeves, Revo, agreed to a rough and rowdy with Paul Bissonette. And they went back and forth a lot on who won their fights, blah, 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 blah. I don't want to make it about them. What I want to, what I want to say is if you could watch any two. NHLers fight. It doesn't matter what era they played. You can pick two. Who would you pick? Who do you want to watch fight? And yes, they can fight three times in the one game and get kicked out. You're you're talking about hockey fight, or you're talking rough and rowdy stuff where it's like an no, actual no, no. Boxing hockey match. fight. No, no, hockey. come on, guys. Oh, okay. Two guys, two guys, hockey fight on the ice. They can fight up to three times in the one game. Doesn't matter. Cross era, all that shit's fine. Hmm. Yeah. Boy, that's a good one. 
I'll go I first because mean... I have an interesting one. All yeah, right. I would, like, I would like to see the dynamic of Ryan Reeves fight miniature Ty Domi. Ty Domi was a small man, but he could chuck him with the best. I want to see how he would do against a gargantuan human like Ryan Reeves. I think like, that the, the one I would have to choose, I want to see Ryan Reeves go as Zdeno Chara. Because it's it's never a fair fight with Chara. Like, he doesn't have a lot of fighting skill necessarily. But that dude's reach is just 10 miles longer than anyone else's. He dummies whoever he goes against. I'd love to see Revo go against Chara and just see how that one plays out. It's an interesting one. Nate, what do you got? Do you have one? Yeah. Um, you know what? I'll go. I'll go kind of off the board here a little bit. Give me a little Gordy Howe mixed mixed with a little Marty McSorley. Okay. Okay. Going, going old school here. Yeah. I like that. Man, nobody's going to go with Bob Probert. I mean, well, okay. I mean, you could interchange. I was actually, I was trying to think of, I was actually trying to think of Bob Probert, but I couldn't think of it. So I, went, I couldn't think of the name. So I went with Gordy Howe. I'm really bad with names tonight, obviously. There's so many good old school fighters that we could run down this list all night. I mean, it, the matchups that we had come up with from all the guys of the old days back when, I mean, no fucking helmets. They're crushing beers, you know, two hours before the games. Ripping darts in the intermissions. Uh, the rough and tumble olden years could produce a lot of great matchups. By the way, I'm going through Rebo's hockey fights right now. I forgot, for you Blue Jackets fans, I forgot he fought Lucas Sudlack once. Oh, boy. Oh, oh yeah. Like, no uh, one, yeah. I think yeah, no Nick that kid went after him once, too. He, no fought, that well, he, fought, he fought Jared Bull when, he, when Bowler played for the Ducks. He fought Chris Neal. Fought Nick Foligno. Fought both Felinos now. I was trying to see if he ever... He fought Jordan Tutu. I was trying to see if he ever fought Chara. Fought Derek England. Um, Derek England. Sean, that's, fought that's Sean, a tough Oh, very tough bastard. Fought Sean Thornton. BJ Crombie. Clayton Stoner. He fought, he fought Tom Wilson. So... I'm just looking I don't know if you could even call that one a fight. I think Wilson kind of turtled in that one. Ooh, I'd like to watch. He's fought him twice. I'd like to see him fight. Oh, he fought George Peros. God, I'd love to watch that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, here's Biz. Biz round one. Biz round two. Bowler when he was with the Jackets. I could go through this all day. Ooh, you know who's another tough customer that had him? He fought John Scott, by the way. You know who? John Scott was a good fighter. Hey, you know who was a good fighter? Had a great first move, too. Kevin Bieksa. Yeah, yeah. That super, yeah, that little, that little Superman starter, dude. Oh man, I yeah, love. I would Todd not Fedoric. want to meet that man in an alley. Todd Fedorik just loosening up the shoulder pads and just letting him strip him naked and then just throwing haymakers. And of Todd course, Fedoric, I mean, man. I mean, if we're, if I mean, as as Blue Jackets, we always can talk about the one and only Jody Shelley, man. Oh yeah, well, Jody just Jody just fought everyone. He's the best. What a beauty. Fought Bob Probert three times in a game. What yes, a he did. Hey. We could talk about getting into fights all night. Guys, let's uh, hop down here. We basically already covered the Blues, but let's talk about the Red Wings, man. They're tapering off a bit. They're fifth in the Atlantic, man. You know, what's yeah, what's going on in Detroit? It's real sad to see because I had a, you know, I've been real high on Detroit. And Aaron, I think you were with me there pretty high on Detroit. Um, 
Yeah, I like the moves they made. I I wasn't 100% sold on them in playoffs this year. I think they maybe have a little ways to go, but they came out of the gate hot. I I think they just they aren't quite there yet. They're Yeah, I think they've they're got still some good parts. Uh David Perron, by the way, the Blues, I think really miss him. That's that's a guy who really did a lot for that team and that oh, may yeah. have a little bit of a factor in why they're off to such a slow start. Uh, in addition to they, they only played like three games in the first week or two of the season. I they had a weird schedule. They they went through a lot of downtime and then got hit with a bunch of games in a row. Yeah, but I mean, the Red Wings still I think have a little ways to go. Uh, they played the Sabers the other night. Buffalo, by the way, is looking awesome. Uh, they were just absolutely owned that whole game. They got smacked and. They were just in their own zone the whole time, chasing the puck. The Sabres were working them on the walls. They they need a little bit more kind of off-the-puck battle, I think. They, they can do some things with the puck when they have it, but they're not the best at getting it back. And when they get against a team that can cycle and retrieve pucks really well, th- there's just a little bit to be desired. So, I mean, uh, that could come together later in the season. I mean, they got a lot of new pieces. They got a new coach. We could see some systems kind of start to set in, guys buy in and really get a groove going, but they're think, just not there yet. I think I might have been I think I might have been just a year early on my predictions for them. Like, you know, I think I, I think it could be reasonable to see them finish with how this season goes. I could see them being like a team that finishes fifth in this division right now. Like just being like I could see them being right around five hundred, honestly throughout this year or maybe yeah. just love Steve Eiserman is the master of the long build and yeah. he's not going to rush anybody. He's not going to, you know, try and make crazy hasty moves to be competitive this year just because they had a hot few games to start. Yeah. He's in it for the long haul and he wants to build a true contender. And I, I think we have just a little while longer before we really see that come to fruition. I'm with you. I, uh, I think one of the things they're really loving right now up in Detroit, too, is Dominic Kubelik coming up there in that trade from Chicago. Yeah, he's looked good. Seventh-round pick. Seventh-round pick. And Kubelik's had a wild career. He's 27. But, you know, 2013 entry level out of Kitchener in the L. And then he played four years in Czech Republic and then two years in the Swiss League before he ever came over and started playing for the Hawks in 1920. So... You know, he's really, you know, he's, he's, he's grinded it out. And he has 11 points in 10 games. So you, you love to hear a little story like that about a guy, right? So, but Not to jump back to the yeah. Central, Phil, but I'm going to jump back to the Central real quick. Speaking Not of Chicago, to do, talk, talk about a team that sold everybody off and wanted to tank. They're sitting way, way higher in the standings than I expect them to. They're playing hard. Max Domi looks like a new man. Uh, he's sitting here at, oh, Christ, I lost it. Oh, uh, that's bad air, buddy. That's bad oh, air. You just gotta, no, he's I, sitting, he's got four goals, three assists, seven points in 10 games. Uh, Jonathan Taves looks like a younger man, six goals, two assists, eight points in 10 games. I mean, the, this team is really showing some fight for someone that everyone picked to be in the toilet this year. I, I'm really surprised by the way they've come out of the gate. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, the Blackhawks. The Hawks have been surprising. And Andreas Athanasiu, man, he 
Oh, we talked about how he doesn't bring a whole lot, but he's got the goal of the season so far. He, he just danced through the wild like he was playing Chell on rookie mode. I mean, it is puck on a string, fly through three guys, get to the goalie, make a slick move, score a goal. It, it, I couldn't believe that. It was unreal. Rick Nash against the Coyotes' ask. I mean, it was ridiculous. Basically. It was ridiculous, man. So, yeah, the footwork, the stick work, it was all there. Um, yeah, man, Chicago's, you know, they're really – they've come out firing. We'll see where they are. We'll see if they even want to try to compete for a playoff spot or if they just sell everybody off to firm up that rebuild, who knows what they're going to do? You know, I mean, it's a, it's a big enough market where, you know, they'll, if they have a chance to win, they'll probably take it. But I, I tell you what though, I mean, these trade chips that they're looking to unload at the deadline, or at least they were before the season started. Patrick Kane is a point of game pace right now. Jonathan Taves, eight points in 10 games. Those are two pieces that could get a haul at the deadline. If they keep up this pace, if they agree to be yeah. traded. Yeah, you could you could easily set yourself up in the next two years to be automatically right back in it. So, yeah, it doesn't have to be a long haul. It could be a short one for them with the pieces they have for sure. Um, All right, so so here, actually here real quick, just to kind of segue this, you know, from the Central back to the Atlantic and to a team that Aaron alluded to earlier. Um, I'm just gonna say this: Buffalo, yes, on that fucking tear right now to start off this season. And I, I think I said this to you guys like earlier this week, but if if Buffalo has at least 30 points by the end of November, I'm going to start watching them in a possible acquisition for of Patrick Kane at the deadline. Yeah, I I can totally see that happening. They He's from there. They are looking like world beaters right now. I mentioned that game against Detroit. This team honestly reminds me a little bit of the Sharks powerhouse teams from like 2015 up until they went to the Western Conference Final in 19. I mean, they they get the puck in the zone, and it's not coming out. They work on the walls so well. They just grind teams down. They poke and prod until you get too tired to keep your assignment and open up a, an opportunity for them to score. They are just grinding people into oblivion. One of the goals they scored the other night, they were in the zone for like a minute and a half, changed lines. They got like three rebounds. They won four or five puck battles on the wall, just kept cycling and kept cycling and grinding until a golden opportunity opens up for a one-timer and Tate Johnson scores. And that's the recipe for success yeah, yeah. in today's high-flying NHL. If you don't have quite as much talent as some of the teams are playing, but you just have the will and the team chemistry – to keep that puck in and battle and grind them down until you can score, I mean, you're going to have a lot of success, and you're going to demoralize teams because nobody wants to be chasing the puck in their own zone for that long. Uh, You just mentioned Tage Thompson, Phil. He is off to a roaring start. Hat trick the other night, just uh, unreal. Unreal guy. Unreal right now. Yeah, Tage has been incredible. He had the three-goal, three-assist game the other night. Um, you know, shout out to the Buffalo Sabres. What a time to be a Buffalo fan. Bills are killing it. Sabres are killing it. Guys, uh, we don't want to spend too much time on this, but what do you guys think about those Johnny Canuck sweaters? Vancouver finally gets off the Shanide, wins a few games. They can go drink for free at that strip club in Vancouver. I'm sure it's a classy establishment. Um, what do you guys think about the Johnny Canuck sweaters? I like them. I think they're sharp. I've always loved Vancouver's Canuck, Vancouver's colors, their, their jersey designs. 
I think this one was a home run out of the park. Uh, it, it's real sharp. You got the guy skating. He's got the stick. It, it's a big logo, honestly. More detail than a lot of other teams have, but I, I really like it. Uh, that's a nice third jersey. I yeah, they, agree. Yeah, yeah, they killed it. They killed it on that one for sure. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Let's hop down here. Um, I don't want to harp on this one too long. I like to talk about fun things over negative things, unless the negative things are really bad. We have in the notes, yeah, the Pens went through Western Canada and got their shit kicked in. That happens to a lot of teams from the East Coast. You know, like, I think the Pens are a good fucking team. I'm not going to sit here and bash them for having a bad Western Canadian road trip because how many teams from the East Coast have bad Western Canadian road trips? A lot. A lot of teams at least get a point out of those trips, though. Okay, maybe, yeah. Maybe they, one they win. Get a point I, out of it, but, I mean... It'd be one thing. It'd be one thing if they lost four straight at home to four teams that suck ass from the West Coast. That I would understand. To me, I'm not really reading that much into it because guess where they're never going to have to go again until the Stanley Cup final. Any of those. So, I but agree. I'll tell you what. But I'll tell you what. You know who did have a really good Western Canada road trip was Buffalo. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. They Buffalo did. went out and they stomped them. Yeah, I'm not saying that's not me being. I know, I know, I know. Anti-Buffalo. I'm just saying, like, shit, man. You know, I don't read that much into it on a Western road trip in October. I I do kind of look at it though. Like, a lot of teams do struggle out there, but the Pens are a veteran team, man. I mean, these guys—they've been on that road trip so many times before. They usually have some success. to win, to lose to, that many games in a row, and then they come back to the East Coast and lose to Boston too. Which Boston's a powerhouse, but they, they're kind of reeling right now, man. I'm. This team feels like every year they're all gas, no breaks until it runs out, and they go through a slump, and then they turn it back on again. So I, I think they'll get right, but this team is like always running hot and cold. If they're not flooring teams, then they're usually not really something fun to watch. Them being older is why I think it's tougher now. Their bodies are just not, you know, they're not 25 anymore where you're just up and at them constantly with all the energy. They're older now. You know, if Kenny Malkin's 37, like for him to go change times, you know, three time zones over and then two time zones and then come home, that's much more taxing on a 37-year-old than it is on a 25-year-old. Yeah. Yeah, I see your so, point there, Phil. Yeah, it's, that's, that's, I'll be interested know. to see how they do. Uh, they're playing Buffalo right now and looking pretty decent. I'll be interested to see how they do here in this next little stretch. Uh, I think they're back out east for a little while. I'll, I'll be keeping my eye on them. For sure. Guys, let's hop down to something I know we, we will love to talk about. They may not be a, a sexy, fun team right now, either one of them, to be honest. The Blue Jackets, and dead last in the Metro, are in Finland to take on the reigning Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche, out in Finland. And I think the fun story here, really, um, if, you know, if you're watching for superstars in this game, um, you know, the Blue Jackets superstar, Patrick Laine, man, he's from there, played there in 2018. He was on a five-game goalless, you know, point, sorry, pointless drought, and he had four goals in two games. And I really think that going out there is going to do wonders um, for not only him, but it's good to see Jonas Corposalo go back to his home country, too. Nate, how excited for you are these games? They're at 2 o'clock Eastern on Friday and Saturday. A nice little back-to-back against the Avs. So how do you feel about it? Uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I was, I was honestly trying personally to go out there for it, but didn't quite work out. 
Um, dude, I think it's going to be fun. Like, yeah, you're playing 2 o'clock our time, but you're still playing in the evening over there. Um, so you're still getting that night game. You're still playing what would be your regular schedule. Um, but I, I think it's going to be great for Line A. It'll be great for Corpusalo. Um, I think everybody's going to – I think all these guys are going to – It's gonna also going to be great for in. For who? Uh, Arturi Lekkinen is from is from Finland too. Yeah, absolutely. So, all the, like, so there's yeah three three Finnish guys going on. Absolutely, Jarmo Kekalainen too. Yeah, I was about to say, and I guarantee you, Jarmo Kekalainen's on that plane too. Um, so yeah, I think all those all those guys that have Finnish roots are going to enjoy this. Um, I think forever. I think for all these guys, it's just going to be a nice experience for them. It's. I mean, yeah, it's. Takes you out from the regular schedule, the monotonous NHL schedule. Something different. I, I think this trip comes at a good time for both these teams, too. Yeah, they both um, need a reset. Yeah, Colorado, they, they've they been okay. They haven't really been world beaters like we're used to seeing. The Blue Jackets are coming out of just a dreadful stretch of games here. They get a few days off to travel, go over there, experience the culture, reset a little bit. Some of their guys get to play back at home. Patrick Line is actually from Tim Pier, the city where these games are being played in. Um, it's almost so, like it's tailored for the superstar. Yeah. Phil, you mentioned uh, back in 2018 with the Jets. So he broke out of that uh, slump. That kicked off a 30-goal season for him. He had six multi-goal games in that season. And shortly after he came back from Finland, he put up five against the Blues. So let's yeah. see if this kind of lights a fire under his ass. He's coming off that injury. Hasn't quite looked like himself. Uh, I'll be interested to see how he does back in his hometown. First time he gets to play there in an NHL game. And I, I'll be really kind of keeping a close eye on him to see how he responds uh, after a little bit of time off. Yeah, and, and obviously obviously both these teams, will, uh, their ideal scenario for this trip is they, they, both are like, they both feel like they come home with four points and it's a, it's a success, that's a successful trip, but... Really, I think both teams would be pretty happy if they split this series and both got to go home with a dub. Yeah. Maybe, oh yeah. Maybe maybe they each maybe they each went home with three points. Three points would be. I think both teams would take three points. Oh both yeah. yeah. Separate conferences. They're not competing for playoff spots. They're they're totally fine giving up that loser point to the other guy. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. Um, the other thing I was going to bring up uh, with this too. I was talking to Jeff Sabota. Shout out to Jeff Sabota, the Jackets uh, beat writer, the insider. Uh, I asked him, you know, how, how's the food over there in Finland? And he said he's had a lot of soup and a lot of fish. So these guys are probably going to lose a few LBs over in Finland. Yeah, you know? that's a uh, that's a cold, dark country, much like Winnipeg. And they're all about the warm comfort food. So soup, soup, soup all day. Get that warmth in your belly. Yeah, yes. I was, uh, I was listening. A lot of vodka. I was listening to some uh, some Patrick Line interview, um, you know, with uh, the Blue Jackets um, radio guys, and they mentioned, or and they asked him, you know, what should we do while we're over here? He mentioned, you know, get the get your sauna, and then he said, have some chicken wings too. So they must be, they must really do chicken some wings chi- in Finland. I, chicken wings in Finland, yeah, thing. yeah. Well, so everybody thinks Buffalo started. You know. <laughs> no, uh, it was the fucking Finn. So, so Finland, the true birthplace of the chicken wing. Yeah, exactly. So that's uh no, that that should be fun, guys, for you, uh, especially the American and the Canadian listeners. I probably don't have any too many listeners uh, from Europe yet, but if we do, love you guys. Let us know. 
on social media at Beerly Hockey. And if you want to follow our personals, you can see them all on there too. Um, but yeah, give us a follow there. Follow Beerly Sports. It is the year of the beer after all. Only so took almost cold, an hour. crack open a cold one. Enjoy the podcast. Um, Only guys, I did want to add uh, social media to come out. What'd you say, Nate? Said took just took just about an hour for the social media to come out on oh, this. You know what? You got to You got to You got to wait for the right you know time to dive in, buddy. But it, hey, uh, it was all about the timing on the plugs. He really is, Nate. Nate, I'm gonna throw this over to you because uh, Aaron, now you get to throw the egg in Aaron and I's face. Um, yeah, Seattle are in third place in Pacific, buddy. You want to take that away? Yeah, what I fucking tell y'all guys. I I don't smoke crack. I I I may smoke. I may be on the crack, but I don't smoke that crack. Because these guys You're are a crackhead, though. I am a crackhead. I am a super crackhead because these guys are fucking on it. Um, but I will say, how fucking hilarious is it? Or, I don't know, maybe this is a sign. I don't know. But Shane Wright scratched all three of the games that his grandparents were in town. Um, Brutal. Dude, that sucks. Like, okay, what the so f- I, I've got to take about is this. Is Babcock the coach? Everyone's talking right? about like, oh, how could they scratch him for th- these three games? His grandparents are in town. Why the fuck are his grandparents traveling there if they don't know that he's going to play? He's been averaging like six minutes of ice time. This isn't the only time he's been a healthy scratch. Like, why are fucking Mimi and Papa blowing <laughs> their savings, heading out to Seattle, going to see their grandson that they don't even know if he's going to play or not? I really don't even know if he's you gotta you gotta get that shit grandson. confirmed before you make the trip. You don't even know if it's his great. Yeah, you don't. You don't even know if he's your grandson. Yeah, hey, there's a really good country time buffet there. They wanted to go check it out. Um, yeah, that uh, seems like and some also, shit right also, there. I really hope, I really hope that Shane Wright be ponying up for that plane ticket for Mimi and Papa, and not making them fucking drain their savings account to fly across. Yeah, I was gonna say fuck he's on that right. ELC boys. He hasn't made big boy money yet. <laughs> I got a, nice, a nice signing bonus. He, yeah, I'm really curious what they're going to do with him because it, it's been a little bit of uh, turmoil here between the coach and the GM on how, the handling of Shane Wright right now. Ron Francis actually came out in an interview and he was talking about how Shane Wright's not playing enough. They need to get him to play. He wants him to be in the NHL. It, there's no point in having him here if he's not playing big minutes and developing. And Dave Haxel is just... He's burying him in the lineup, making him a healthy scratch. I mean, I get it. You're Dave Haxel. You're like, I don't want to lose my job. I had a terrible year last year. I want to ice the lineup that gives me the best chance to win. But if you're not going to play him, send it back down to fucking juniors. Like, this is your surprise golden goose egg that fell to you in the draft. And he's him and Matty Beneers, who is lighting it up, by the way, are going to be the future of this franchise. You really want him just sitting on the bench most of the time on the games, or do you? And he missed a lot of time last year too, with like all the COVID stuff going on. He he didn't get a lot of uh, OHL game or um, Western Hockey League games there. It, you got to send him back down and let him play if you're not going to play him up at the big leagues. I I just don't really understand the thought process here, having this guy sitting there, not getting any kind of development. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you, Aaron. Like, if you're not going to play him, dude, send him down to the AHL. Like, fuck it. Who cares? Well, like, so so that's the thing. He can't play in the AHL because uh, the Kingston Frontenac still own his rights. Ah. Um, the, OA, or the, the Canadian Hockey League and the NHL have kind of a 
an agreement in place where until a player is a certain age, I think it's 20 years old, if an OHL team or, you know, Western Hockey League team, Quebec Major Junior, if any of those teams own your rights, you can't play in the AHL. You have to go back down to the uh, CHL. Unless, you play, not unless play. you play 10 or more games. I think if you play 10 or more games, then you're out. I, I think you could only play nine games or less in the NHL before you can get sent back to juniors. I think after 10 games, then your rights are owned by the franchise, no longer by the OHL, whatever, They're your, your major junior team. Okay. I, yeah, I'd, I'd have to – I'm not totally sure. You might be right about yeah, that. It, that so we're we're going to get to semantics. But, you know, that's, you know, that's fair. So – I mean, it does. I, I will say though, um, it does hurt that you did lose. I mean, you lost Jonas Donskoy. He's on the on. He's on the IR right now, and you lost Chris Drieger as well. Yeah. Yeah. The goaltending injuries have been the thing in Seattle. Martin Jones, by the way, uh, noted Sieve. I cannot believe how well he's played. Yeah. Like, holy cow. Everyone laughed at them for signing him, but he's actually not looking too terrible. I mean, he's he's sitting at an 879 save percentage right now. Yeah, uh, but like... And again, his GAA is 3. 3.0. I'm expecting like six goals a game against him after watching him in Philly in that last season with the Sharks. So, I mean, anything remotely close to NHL caliber, I'm impressed with. I, I guess I'm setting the bar pretty low here, but I I'm really surprised that he's not just getting lit up and out of the league right now. Oh, Buffalo just scored. Hey, Is that Tate Thompson? Guys, I have a I have a piece of breaking news here. We were going to talk about this in a little bit. Um, I Tate think Thompson, talk, another goal. We should talk about Sorry, this Phil. now. We I was alluding to this pre pre recording. The Ottawa Senators are very much up for sale, but not officially up for sale, but they're up for sale. I'll give you each a guess. Guess who's very interested in buying a piece of the Ottawa Senators? Famous Canadian. There's your hint. Boy. Um, I can't think of a single famous Canadian. Hold on, not, dude. Not an athlete. No, don't don't Google famous Canadians. I'm not. I'm not Googling anything, dude. My, my hands are hands right here. I'm just thinking. Okay, famous Canadian. Um, hold on, hold on. Is it is it Shania Twain? That's the only one I can think of too, Nate. No. Okay, not an athlete. Canadian. Hold on, hold on. Um, Alanis Morissette. It's not a woman. Okay. Um, Coulter Wall. No, but I I wish. Uh, Coulter Wall guy. All I can think of is country singers. It's not a country singer. Okay. I'll give you you, you guys one last hint. It's not even a singer, so it's not Michael Buble either, all right? Oh, I didn't even know he was Canadian. Damn. Here's another hint. He owns another team. And you've heard of the team, and you've heard of the guy. It's going to be somebody that I had no idea was Canadian. I'm drawing a... Same. Clear blank right now. It's Ryan fucking Reynolds. No fucking Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, I did not know he was Canadian. Yeah, Yeah, man. Not not only is he Canadian, but he owns Wrexham. I totally forgot. I learned that he was Canadian and watching Wrexham. Fuck. Holy shit. That'd be wild. 
So that'd be Van cool. City Reynolds is looking at buying, or at least a part of the Sens. Watch, dude. Watch, watch the other one be. Watch the other one be fucking McElhaney. Yeah, that'd dude, be, I mean that'd be wild. The you know, I don't care who buys them. It's going to be better than Eugene Melnick. That guy would not let anyone who worked for him do their job. He was always up their ass all the time. Everybody, there's been lots of articles written about how toxic the work environment was there. I mean, not to speak ill of the dead, but ever since he passed, his daughters have been doing a pretty good job running that organization, letting people kind of breathe, and the environment's just way less stressful. People are actually able to do their jobs without having to check with them 10 times before making a decision, so... Uh, the Sens are moving in the right direction right now. They've got some pretty exciting young prospects, and now they're getting some new ownership, it looks like. And I, I'm just kind of excited for the people in Ottawa who have been long-suffering up there. Yeah, that's fair. It's the nation's capital, and their hockey team has been absolutely egregious. Speaking of Canadian teams, dude, the Leafs are down bad right now, boys. Oh, oh. Buzz, Man. your girlfriend, woof. Is there ever not drama coming out of Toronto? I mean, seriously. No, they're the, they're the fucking Yankees of the sport, man. We got Mitch Marner getting benched for a single shift. Grow some fucking balls, Sheldon Keefe. If you're going to bench a guy, bench him. Don't make him sit for a shift. And after that, he still goes down the fucking hallway and smashes a stick on live TV. It's like, it, come on, dude. It, you let so much shit get to you. You're a great, talented player. You're a big piece of this team. You got to be able to man up a little bit and battle through some adversity. Do you think and, he'd be better off in a smaller market? I absolutely think he would be better off in a smaller market, but he would never. And I don't mean honestly don't, in a non-Canadian market. That's what I was going to say. Outside of Canada, speaking of smaller markets, follow Nate and I's other podcast, Small Market Insecurities, on wow. Twitter. There at it Small is. Just wow. Instagram, Small Market Insecurities, TikTok, Small MKT Insecurities. Nate, I have to do it. It's a good segue. Fuck off. No, no, I'm no, I'm I'm wowing because that was just pure. <laughs> like I'm I'm in awe, honestly. Like I don't I know. know about, I I hope the listeners I, I got just, all that coming from the would he be better in a smaller market setup? That was beautifully done. No, Bill. honest to God, like I hope the listeners are as erect as I am right now because that was <laughs> just. I mean, I mean, my God. I am bricked up. No, Nate, I was totally messy when I said fuck off. I know. <laughs> I love you, buddy. Um, no, I, uh, I I, think Mitch Marner's the kind of guy that would really, like, truthfully, if they ever put, like, a semblance of a team together, he would thrive in an area like Anaheim or an area like Arizona or, like, a Dallas. Like, you don't have to play first fiddle or second fiddle or even third fiddle in your own town. But if you're good, people will support you. This situation with the Leafs, too. Oh, Buffalo just tied the game. Hell yeah. There's my over. You know what? Um, hey, you know what? Right here. Buffalo. Marner. Buffalo. Uh, the Pens are going to be down bad if they lose to the Sabres tonight. That's what? Six games in a row? Bro, they were up. Bro, they were up three nothing. I know. Guys, Victor Golison just buried it. What's that? Bill? I said keep us, keep us updated on the score. But guys, seriously, man. The fucking Leafs. They just, yeah. got, they just went and got bare naked ass spanked out in California. and They lost to know. the Limp Dick Ducks and the Limp Dick Shirt. They even got a gift in the Ducks game, too. They, yeah. they had a goal called back on Anaheim. Uh, this guy was outside of the crease, not even touching the goalie. The Leafs defenseman runs into Samsonov, 
or, or Shogren, I forget what fucking plug they even have in net right now. And they they get the goal called back. They, they got a gift from the league, and they still end up losing. Trevor Zegras, just absolute beauty in overtime with guys draped all over him. Uh, Big Trevor Zegras guy. Yeah, Trevor Zegras is the man. But, yeah, they're they are not looking great right now. I that They got to get this shit figured out. Trevor Zegras is swimming in so much Orange County ass, it's not even funny. Oh, yeah. He is just bro, loving life. Bro, he is he is living it up Simi Valley style, bro. He's a real bro. That, that he's, a, sure. he's a real yeah. bro. Do you, think, do you think it's possible that Sheldon Keith gets the boot by, we'll say, January 1st? And if he does, is Barry Trotz their number one? It, 100%. If it continues, yes. Barry uh, Trotz right. has come out. He he said he would not mind coaching an original six team. Yeah, and he we we talked about his attributes in the last podcast. The Leafs are not good in their own zone. They rely far too much on their star talent. They they got the four guys making you know four bajillion dollars a year, taking up the whole cap. I could see Barry Trotz going in there and pulling a Washington Capitals. And teaching everybody, you got to do the little things. You got to have a defensive system. Mitch Korn can come in and turn any goalie into a Vesna winner. And I, I think Barry Trotz would solve a lot of their issues. I'm not ready to pull the plug on Keith quite yet, although I'm very close. But I think this is the last bullet in Kyle Dubas's chamber to shoot before he gets the axe himself. So if they keep struggling the way they have been, I look for Kyle Dubas to say, sorry, Sheldon Keefe, I got to watch my own ass. You're out. I'm bringing in Barry to right the ship and hopefully get us a Stanley Cup. Yeah. From, you know, the potential coaching replacement to a team in Canada that is crushing it right now. Go to the Edmonton Oilers, boys. They're in second place in the uh, in the Pacific Division. And you look at this roster top to bottom, right? Connor McDavid has 22 points in 10 games. Leon Draisaitl has 21 points in 10 games. Um, they've both won Hart trophies. Conor McDavid's won plenty. And everybody else right below them, right? Zach Hyman, Nugent Hopkins, uh, Evander Kane, all above a point-per-game guys. And they're getting contributions from everywhere. This team looks like the real deal. And it's banana lands to me right now that they're rolling top six deep and they're all contributing. And, you know, they're getting good goaltending. Jay Woodcraft has his team in a very good spot. And if it wasn't for Vegas being otherworldly hot to start the year, not, you know, 9-2, uh, the 7-3 and three Edmonton Oilers would be on top of this division, no questions asked. So, did the Oilers finally, you know, are they starting to figure it out a little bit? This is the piece that's been missing from Edmonton ever since they got, what, four, five first overall picks in a row. Uh, they are actually getting some contributions from deep in the lineup. Everybody's buckling down. They're playing a team game. They're getting great goaltending, not from the usual suspects, not from the shiny new object they just went out and signed. Stuart Skinner is leading the league with a 955 save percentage, boys. Can he wrestle that job away from Jack Campbell? I mean, he is lighting it up. He's locking everything down in his own zone. The Oilers are a powerhouse right now, which I did not expect, but am kind of excited to watch. Who the fuck is Stuart Skinner, and where the fuck has this guy been hiding? He because- had a couple little stretches last year where he looked all right, 
He had but, six. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at hockey reference right now. And last year, he has. It is. He it, does it have is a hell elite, of a stash. It is an elite stash. Um, I'm looking at it. So last year, uh, hold on. I had it. Yeah. Hold on. I had it. Okay. Here we go. So last year, uh, games played or games started 12, went six and six, had a 913 save percentage at 2.6 goals allowed and one shutout. Yeah. Not not terrible in some spot starts. He he's kind of one of their young prospects that they took a flyer on. I mean, it, they didn't really expect him to come out and do this, but he's really really shown that he's here to compete for that starting job. And that Jack Campbell contract is not going to be looking good if they're rolling out Stuart Skinner every game and he keeps looking like this. Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, right when now. when Jack Campbell's giving you eight eighty one. Yeah. Soupy soup is not souping it up right now for the Oilers. I gotta say, uh, looking like a great move by Dubis to let him walk at the uh, free agency last year and not pay out the big money. Sure, that yeah, absolutely is. Um, yeah, I mean this this Oilers team's been fun to watch. We'll see how this progresses going forward. You know, I mean, we don't really we don't really have any semblance of where the, you know the Oilers are going to be when it comes to you know. February, maybe they go out and get a Tendy on the block, but you know, right now, you don't need to. Stuart Skinner's playing out of his mind. Him of eighteen career NHL games, so well. Good and for him. Connor McDavid too. I mean, everybody knows he's the best offensive player in the game right now, but he's always been kind of a, a pass-first guy. He he can score goals for sure. He's a huge threat off the rush, but this year he's leading the league in goals right now with eleven. And this kind of gives me flashbacks to Sidney Crosby back in 09-10. He was always kind of an all-around good player, never had that elite goal-scoring talent necessarily. But in 0910, Crosby came out and he was like, you know what, I think I do want to score some goals. Ended up winning the Rocket Richard. And McDavid is showing flashes of that kind of energy right now. I mean, he is shooting from everywhere. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl actually came out in the offseason interview. He was talking about how he thinks McDavid's going to score a lot more this year. He challenged him too. He's like, Connor, you can score 50 if you want. Connor's looking like he's scoring more than 50 right now, boys. Just let me tell you that. Yeah. We had Austin Matthews. 11 and 11. We might have McDavid do it now. 11 and 11 through how many games? Game pace right now. 10. He has 22 points. More than 10 games. Unreal. Yeah. He's been ridiculous. Hey, speaking of that uh, Canadian prowess, we haven't really touched on Canada too much in the first couple of weeks, but let's do it tonight. Winnipeg, man. And I think we have to start up top, man. This team finished sixth last year. Roster's very similar to what it was. And Rick Bonus has this team in second place, man. The Winnipeg Jets, the only Canadian team, you know, outside of the Eastern Conference that's not in the Pacific. So, you know, we'll talk about them. They're second place in the Central, man. I love the way this Winnipeg Jets team is playing right now. Do you guys agree? I think the team is playing much better than they were last year. Right now, they're leaning heavily on Connor Hellebuck, though. Yeah. This guy, he had a little bit of a down year last year. They rode him too hard. He, early on, I, I believe he won a Vesna already. He's a great American goalie. And he's right back to his old self right now. He's got a 931 save percentage. He's got a Connor, Connor Hellebuck won the, he won the Vesna during the, uh, the year that got ended because of COVID. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah, so a UMass Lowell boy. He's got a little bit of hardware on his resume. Um, right now, he's saving 
6.5 goals above average. Woo! Alex Tuck, baby! Let's go! Oh, shit! Let's go! Buffalo, all right. <laughs> okay. Um, n- now back to uh, the Winnipeg Jets. So, <laughs> we got Connor Hellebuck over here. Just, uh, Winnipeg's allowing some chances. I mean, they're not, they're not a perfect team. They're not playing perfect defensively. They're playing a lot better than they were last year, but he is still just carrying the mail. His high danger save percentage is even higher than his average save percentage. He's got a 935 high danger save percentage. I mean, all those shots in the blue paint, in that home plate area, in the slot, one-timers from across the crease, he is shutting that shit down right now. So, I mean, if he can keep this pace up and they can lean on him, I could see this team making the playoffs when I never could have imagined myself saying that before the season started. It'll, it'll be interesting for sure because this is this is a team that's not really – there's no true standout guy. Um, this is a win-by-committee kind of deal. You're – I mean – you're leading your guy in the clubhouse with points, leading you in points is Josh Morrissey, and that's with eight, and he's got eight assists. Like, this is the Carey Price Canadians. They're leaning on their goalie until you give them an opportunity to put one by you. Yeah, absolutely. Because really, like, I mean, Blake Wheeler, Blake Wheeler's your highest goal scoring point haver with seven. Yeah, you I know, mean, it's- they're yeah. not setting the world on fire with their skaters, but their their goalie's giving them a chance every night, and that's all you can ask of them. And yeah. he's keeping them in it, and they're playing well enough throughout the lineup and leaning on that veteran head coach experience from Rick Bonus that they're they're really overperforming the sum of their parts right now. I'll tell you what though, it is uh it's kind of surprising to see guys like uh Kyle Connor, Mason Mason Appleton, you know. Kyle Cotter, one, one, three, four, with minus, you know, plus minus of you no know, negative two. Mason Appleton, no goals, three assists, plus minus of negative one. I'll be very interested to see how this team plays once Nick Ehlers comes back, because that guy, he always flies under the radar. He's in a small market. He, uh, he has been a huge driver of offense for this team the last few years, and he's been injured here for a few games now. So if they yeah. get him back and he starts firing the way he was before, then this could be a force to be reckoned with. Absolutely. Guys, before we do our final thoughts and wrap up this bad boy, we've been on here about 75 minutes, I wanted to bring to attention the non-NHL news of the day, and this is of the comedic but accurate variety. I was on the ECHL website earlier, the East Coast Hockey League, for those that don't know, that is basically the double-A version of the NHL. Last, uh, the goalie of the month for October, his last name is Warm. The rookie of the month for the month of October, his last name is Man. And the player of the month for the month of October, his last name is Johnson. So you have Warm Man Johnson as the three guys that took the awards in the month of October. Hell yeah. They They call the AHL the jungle. And I'm a firm believer if the AHL is the jungle, then the ECHL is the fucking desert. Man. At least, in the ju- at least in the jungle, you can kill for sustenance. In the desert, you're drinking your own piss Bear Grylls style. In the ECHL, you're eating Chipotle and Subway every meal until you get home and make ramen with eggs. And paying it for exactly- it yourself. You're, you're not you getting what? any fucking per diem down there. You're buying that Chipotle out of your own hard-earned money. 
I think for road trips, they get a slight per diem. In the AHL, you get a per diem every day, but it's like 12 bucks. So once again, a lot of Subway, Jersey Mike, shit like that. And yeah, down in the coast, that is, they call it the cheddar too. Down in the cheddar, that is a, that's a fucking grind, man. So I had to bring out the, uh, you know, the warm man Johnson. The warm I man Johnson. That, you know, I, I, I like your so, warm man Johnson there, Phil. Um, you know, one last thing I need to say too, before we uh, peel out of here. I, well, I was going to ask you if you have any final thoughts. Let's hear it. So I want to bring some attention to Eric Carlson. This okay. guy has never really quite looked like himself since he went to San Jose. He is second in the league right now in goals with nine. Had a hat trick the other night. Uh, he is looking like old school Eric Carlson right now. He is driving every part of that Sharks team. There's not a whole lot else on the roster. He says, you guys want to tank? We might be tanking, but I am not tanking myself. I am finally going to live up to this $10 million deal if I if it kills me. I mean, he's he's looking like a complete force on all ends of the ice right now, and this is the best I've seen him play in a Sharks uniform. It's it's crazy to watch, really. Absolutely, Nate. Do you have anything for us? Um, yeah the uh, the Winter Classic logos for the Bruins and Penguins were unveiled. Uh, yeah. Of course, the Bees have that classic. You know, brewing in there. I love it. Oh, I love the Winnie the Pooh bear. I, I lo- give me that on every fucking yeah. Um, Pittsburgh. Winnie the Pooh bear. Yeah, Pittsburgh. Interesting. Just a big, big old P. Big black P. Ugly kind of a- as fuck, bro. Hey, yeah, hey it's, it's, it's a big a- old P. It's a big. Yeah, but it- it's a big old P. It's a BBC. I mean, it's kind of hard to take a fucking penguin seriously in all reality, but. The P is kind of an homage to when they started because that is an iconic Pittsburgh Pirates logo. For so, sure. Fuck the Pirates. This is hockey. I'm telling you why they did it to start off the fucking franchise. Yeah, but like, it, it's a fucking letter, bro. Come on. Show me some. There's so much shit they could do with that logo. They could do so much with the Penguin. You're just going to try to pee out there like a, a bunch penguin? of limp dicks. They're trying to compensate with something with that big P. Their fans already walk around with a penguin on their sweater. I mean, I think the P looks better than a fucking penguin. No way, dude. It's a fucking letter. Get creative. All right. You're a multi-million dollar franchise. Hire a marketing department and build something. (laughs) I could have made that thing in fucking Microsoft Paint in two seconds. All right. Also, I had... I don't know if you guys saw this, too, but... Uh, with November being uh, Native American Heritage Month, the Chicago Blackhawks goaltenders are oh, rocking some special masks. These things are dope, dude. Look I them up, folks. They're sick. These. Fucking hot, dude. By the way, Nate, that's a, you actually set me up. Ollie Oop, you know, backdoor talk little tap-in right there. Um, I was going to bring up, speaking of Native American Month, guys, last week, we said on our podcast that the Carolina Hurricanes should heavily consider trading Cody Bear. Ethan Bear. Ethan, Ethan Bear. Bear. Sorry. Ethan Bear to the Vancouver Canucks. I was thinking Canuck. I said Cody. I don't know why I did that. Ethan Bear to the Vancouver Canucks. We said that on Wednesday night on the podcast, gentlemen. That podcast went live on Thursday. On Friday, 
there was a tweet from both teams acknowledging that Ethan Bear indeed had gotten dealt to the Vancouver Canucks. Guys, stick taps for us for calling that fucking trade. Phil, you were a prophet. I, you identified a need. You spoke about it. The GMs, they must be listening. And they were like, you know, that Phil Razor guy, he's got a point. You might as well get this guy playing some games. Vancouver could use some defense. Let's make it happen. And it did. That cocksucker lives in North Carolina. He knows what he's talking about. Hey, sorry. Hey, Phil, sorry. I got one last thing here before we hop off. And Aaron, to go to circle back to the very beginning of this podcast, New Jersey Devils. I don't know if we talked about this, uh, but at, got came out at 5.05. Andre Palat out indefinitely after having groin surgery. Mm. He really hasn't had the start to the season that I expected him to either. So I wonder yeah, if he wears, nagging injury. He wears the A. He wears an A. That's a big. Well, now, that's a, now his A is going to be resting on the fucking <laughs> rehab facility for a little while. For sure. Well done, Aaron. Well yeah, done. It's that I. I think they'll be okay. That 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 whole team's looking pretty good, but yeah, that that could be a big loss. Yeah, we'll we'll just see how it goes. Nate, thanks for the heads up there, buddy. Absolutely. That should just about wrap up this episode of the Barely Hockey Podcast. For Aaron Kinney and Nate McBride, I'm Phil Razor saying Barely Hockey. Pairs well with Bruce. Hell of a broadcast, boys. <laughs> <laughs>